This is Sparks and Wiry Cries, taking a modern look at classical song with Martha Guth and Erica Switzer. Welcome to Sparks and Wiry Cries. I'm Martha Guth. And I'm Erica Switzer. Today we're going to talk about the music of Johannes Brahms and Michael Tippett in the voices of two Canadian Collins. Exactly. We have two tenors, in fact, Colin Ainsworth and Colin Baltzer. Colin A or Colin B, in That's fact. That's right. And not only are they both Canadian and both tenors, they have the same color hair. Uh, they're both extremely great guys. They're both married with children. Yes. They're both wonderful performers. It's true. They both sing songs. Exactly. Although I would say that Colin Ainsworth uh, tends to do a little bit more opera than Colin Baltzer. But you know things can change. That's true. We're going to start by hearing a performance of Colin Baltzer singing Brahms's O wüsste ich doch den Weg zurück. The poet in this song is Klaus Groth. He was a teacher of philosophy and a student of dialect. That's right, he was particularly interested in German dialects. He lived and taught in Kiel, in northern Germany. And there's a dialect in that region called Plattdeutsch. What does that mean? It means low German. And it's a bit of a mixture of Dutch and German at the same time. So basically, the Dutch make fun of you, or the Germans make fun (laughs) of you. You lose either way. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Brahms actually translated this this poem into Hochdeutsch or High German for the setting, and we're guessing, hopefully, with the blessing of uh, Klaus. Exactly, they were friends. They were friends. So I'm yeah. going to assume he was okay with that. But it is a little strange, don't you think? I mean, Brahms set other poems that were in dialect in his folk songs, and he did it very well. Yeah, I don't know exactly why he, he chose to do this this way. Perhaps um, the dialect is so strong that it really would have left a large piece of the population out of the. Out of the equation? I don't know. I don't know. But let's include us and read an English translation. There we are. Oh, how I long to be at rest, not to be awakened by anything, to shut my weary eyes with love gently surrounding. And nothing to search for, nothing to beware of, only dreams sweet and mild, not to notice the changes of time, to be once more a child. Oh, do show me the road back, the dear road to childhood's land. In vain I search for happiness, around me naught but deserted beach and sand. So this is about innocence lost? Absolutely. Wishing to go back to a simpler time? If only I could be young again and not know about all of this, the hardship of growing up and being an adult, I guess. Wonderful. So we have here, in fact, Colin Baltzer performing at Ravinia, and the pianist is none other than... My lovely co-host, Erica Switzer. This was performed in the summer of 2004. O wüsste ich doch den Weg zurück. Thank you. 
Thank you, Erica and Colin. Um, Erica, I actually wanted to pose a question to you, or, or actually ask you about this statement. Um, there's a widely accepted idea that Brahms cared less about text painting and more about overall mood, and most of all, about melody. And do you agree with that? Well, I certainly agree that Brahms cared a lot about overall mood and certainly uh, a great deal about melody. When you asked the question, you said he cared less about text painting, and that implies um, a than, than, mm-hmm. than who. Than and, who else, yeah. And I guess in, the, in his contemporary circles, that would be Schubert and Wolf, maybe? Sure, on either end of the spectrum, exactly, early and later. Yeah. Exactly, and I think um, if you're comparing those three composers directly, that certainly Brahms comes across as the one who reacts less specifically to individual words but still cared about text immensely. Obviously. I think otherwise he wouldn't have written songs. Oh, for sure. And not with the kind of pathos and and passion that he does, so... I only ask that because we're going to fast forward 70 years now um, to a different country, different composer, a different Colin, in fact. Uh, We're going to composer Michael Tippett, and his style is quite different. That's true, where Brahms is melodic with a horizontal, almost um, instrumental approach to music. Tippett is 
a vertical thinker. Hmm. He, to him, counterpoint is the essence of composition. And for those who are not sure exactly what counterpoint means... Point against point right. or voice against voice. So you have two voices or more voices traveling at the same time horizontally and they relate to each other in a vertical manner. So that would be if, you, if anyone's listened to Bach. Exactly. The famous example would be the style of Bach. Yeah. Um, so this piece that we are going to be introducing to you, Boyhood's End... Uh, sung by Colin Ainsworth and pianist Amanda Johnston, is a long soliloquy for tenor and piano, and it's based upon the prose of uh, W.H. Hudson. Some say that Tippett is hard to listen to. Yeah, uh, I-, I think it is a little bit hard to listen to. However, I have also heard it, or I read when I was doing my research for this, that it was ungrateful music, and I think I, I thought Ungrateful that was... for who? For the performer or for the audience? I think for both is what the person meant, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's a little harsh. I'm not sure if I agree with it. Um, Maybe the person was experiencing it for the first time and didn't quite know how to react to something so new. Yeah, exactly. I think that this music really requires a second look, a re-listen, I think, and you might be surprised at how your attitude about the music changes after hearing it a second and then a third time. Of course. So Tippett wrote a lot of music. His vocal compositions were often for tenor, mm-hmm. and that certainly was due to his friendship with Peter Pears and Benjamin Britten, I would imagine. Exactly. This piece was uh, premiered in 1943 by uh, Peter Pears and Benjamin Britten. The text of it is taken from a chunk of W.H. Hudson's autobiography entitled Far Away and Long Ago. You'll notice that W.H. Hudson's experience as an ornithologist shines through in this passage. He mentions the birds of South America, which relate to his childhood when he was growing up in Argentina. This text is about seeing what is around you with open eyes, being in the moment and understanding what you already have. Um, How do you think this text might have resonated with Tippett? Well, Tippett had had an unhappy childhood. He had been at boarding school while his parents traveled around the continent. He felt isolated. He struggled with his sexual orientation. And as an adult, to deal with some of these questions, he had therapy. Hmm. In particular, uh, was treated by Jungian psychologists. I think that he asked himself a lot of questions, as Hudson did in the opening of this passage. That's right. This piece begins, in fact, with two questions. What, then, did I want? What did I ask to have? And he, and he goes on to answer it in the rest of the text. That's right. And Tippett treats that musically in a very similar way. These questions are set, and then the music unfolds in a through-composed nature. The sections, there are three sections, if you will, but there's no obvious division between them. One idea flows into the next, and some 11 minutes later, you have an idea of this entire world that's been created. Once again, this is Colin Ainsworth and Amanda Johnston performing one of Colin's favorite pieces, Boyhood's End.
Change June and July was spring.
Wow, that was really incredible. Pretty great. Amanda really holds the entire piece together. Doesn't she? <laughs> it's fantastic. And Colin, that section where he's singing that crazy dancing coloratura on the word dance knocked my socks off. Yeah, he, yeah, he's pretty great. And I love, I love Amanda's depiction of the horse in the beginning of the third section. Awesome. So we're going to move back to Colin Baltzer to Brahms. Back to Brahms, yes. And actually, I want to read this text back, actually, from the tippet, and you're going to see why in just a minute. Oh, those wild, beautiful cries of the golden plover. I could exclaim with Hafiz with but one word changed. If, after a thousand years, that sound should float o'er my tomb, my bones uprising in their gladness with, would dance in the sepulchre. So here, Hudson mentions the poet Hafiz. He is the originator, in fact, of the next poem that Brahms set. Hafiz was a 14th century Persian poet, a mystic. His real name was Martha. Okay, you're all going to have to forgive me if this is wrong. Sham Uddin Muhammad. 
And Hafiz is actually an honor, or in fact a title, bestowed upon someone who has memorized the whole of the Quran. Fairly amazing feat. He is one of the most celebrated Persian poets, and his book, entitled Divan, which means collection, is the second most published book in the Middle East after the Quran, and it's his book of poetry. And it's the same book that inspired Goethe to write some of his poems? Yeah, exactly. Hafiz was largely known in the West through the efforts of Goethe, at least at first through the efforts of Goethe. It inspired Goethe's Westöstlichen Divan. And then, of course, other translators picked this up, other poets picked this up. And for our situation, Georg Daumer translated this poem, Wie bist du meine Königin? How blissful you are, my queen. Right. Georg Dahmer was a bit of a controversial philosophical figure in his era. He had strong anti-establishment views. And here he shows some of his curiosities, his international religious curiosities, by examining mystical lyrical poetry. Here is the English translation. How blissful you are, my queen, when you are gentle and good. Merely smile, and spring fragrance wafts through my spirit blissfully. The brightness of freshly blooming roses, shall I compare it to yours? Ah, soaring over all that blooms is your bloom, blissful. Wander through dead wastelands, and green shadows will be spreading, even in fearful sultriness broods there without end, blissfully. Let me die in your arms. It is in them that death itself, even if the sharpest pain rages in my breast, is blissful. So with this poem, Brahms really, again, uses his magic in creating line between the piano and the vocal line. Well, he, really, he creates a love duet, actually, yeah. between the two instruments and between, in a sense, the woman and himself, the man speaking the words. In this particular instance, I think Brahms was thinking very specifically of his queen, who was in this context. Clara Schumann. Exactly. Here's Colin Baltzer in a performance at the Wigmore Hall competition in 2003. And Erica Switzer at the piano.
Our brilliant producer is Matthew Principe. Broadcasting and producing these podcasts, while artistically fulfilling, is an investment by both myself and Martha. If you'd like to help subsidize these costs or just get in touch with us, please email songcast at marthaguth.com and we'll be in touch about how we can work together. Again, that's songcast at marthaguth.com. You've been listening to Sparks and Wiry Cries. We're your hosts, Martha Guth and Erica Switzer. <laughs>